When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are at uh, St Andrews uh, of Hamilton Golf Course today for a very special event to uh, raise money uh, for uh, cyclone relief in Hawke's Bay. Of course, we all know the story. They've been devastated. Every little bit helps, and today quite a lot will be helping uh, coming out of this golf course and the generosity of the people involved. Uh, and it was the brainchild of two people in particular. We've spoken to one of them already, Butch Castles, just after uh, 9 o'clock this morning. But now it's uh, time to catch up with the second of uh, those people heavily involved in uh, putting this all together. Ross Taylor, of course, well known to us, uh, former Black Cap. Um, we'll find out what he's up to very shortly. But Ross, the significance of today in Hawke's Bay to you? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it was where I, Central District's home, home ground, spent a lot of time there as a kid, Riverbend, uh, a lot of family and friends. And I suppose you all saw what the, the destruction, it just it felt like I was watching something overseas at the time, to be fair. And, um, yeah, I was having a drink with Butch and I thought, well, you know, we needed to do something being, um, you know, Butch living in, in the Bay for so long and, and me having a closer affiliation. I mean, every time I came out to bat there, I think everyone in Napier always thought I lived there mm. um, by the by the reception I had. But um, the res- response by by friends and I guess our network and, uh, and the Hamilton and, and wider uh, Waikato community has been fantastic. Right, okay, so you've got people coming from far and wide. Uh, Auckland, of course, um, down as far as Hawke's Bay in itself. Uh, has it been easy to put together? I mean, first time organising a golf tournament for you as such? Oh, 100%. Um, you, the things that go go on behind the scenes, you you don't know. But um, no, we we didn't have to advertise whatsoever, um, which was amazing. We we thought we might have to, but the teams probably went within, within a day. So um, Butch and Tess have been fantastic. Um, and as I said, I think uh, it was such an easy sell for um, you know such a such a good cause. Everyone saw what it was like, and um, you know, I'm sure if we if we try to get double the amount of teams, it would have been very easy to have got. Okay, right. Let's um, focus on a little bit of uh, cricket. I mean, because there's a lot of listeners out there knowing what uh, wanting to know what Ross Taylor's up to now. Now I understand a little bit. He tells me you may be heading off to Texas. Uh, you were telling me before uh, a trip to London as well. Yeah, um, I suppose I've. I've been offered a, a few interesting gigs uh, since I've retired, um, but no, fortunate enough to to have signed on as a as a betting advisor, assistant coach at uh, the Seattle Walkers um, for the the major league coming up. Um, yeah, dipping the toes at coaching and and throwing, and I'm excited to do that. First time, uh, obviously, such a big tournament at a 2020 tournament in, in the States, but uh, heading off in a couple of weeks' time for the World Test Championship final, um, handing the heading the, the mace over to Pat Cummings and Rohit Sharma. Uh, should be interesting uh, to see what, you know, obviously how that game goes. It's it's a big season for Australia with the Ashes coming up, but uh, India, there's a few um, injuries, and obviously being there before, um, you know, last year, uh, a couple of years ago against us and, and losing, I'm sure they don't want to lose two in a row. No, um, and I think uh, for the sake of Test cricket, I think it's a very good final, but for the sake of Test cricket um, and the future of Test cricket, 
and knowing the strength of what India provide to cricket, it might not be a bad idea for them to win it because that means test cricket will be in good hands. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, not only that, but I think the senior Indian players have, have talked about how important test cricket is to them. And I think for the survival of this game, we know the struggles that is going on with its relevance and, and the emergence of 2020 cricket and one day cricket. Uh, we need this game. It's Test cricket. All the players say it's the pinnacle and and, and love playing it, but we need uh, we need it to be relevant for years to come. Okay, right. Uh, let's uh, look at uh, the United States as a, a breeding ground for cricket because uh, my understanding is, unless things have changed rec- very recently, the the next T20 World Cup is in uh, what America or in the top in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, in the Caribbean. Um, so I think this that's probably why they brought it forward this early. Um, apparently, obviously, you've got the ground in in Fort Lauderdale and in, in Miami. Uh, there's a ground in North Carolina, but the whole tournament, I think, they just wanted to keep it in one venue in, in Dallas, uh, where their fel- uh, former Black Cap uh, and now trying to play for the States, Corey Anderson lives. So, um, by all accounts, it's, it's going along well, and there's 20 to 30 million expat Indian, Pakistani, Bangladesh, Sri Lankans that live in America. Um, you know, they love their cricket, and, mm. and the world tournaments that I've been to around the world, you bump into a lot of, uh, you know, American... Um, Indians that are, you know, love their cricket, that just want to follow, obviously, their Indian team around, but, um, you know, can afford to, you know, spend big money and, and, and get into um, these events. Next big event uh, for New Zealand, uh, Roscoe, without, of course, being involved in the World Test Championship this time around is the World Cup uh, in India. And, uh, of course, that is uh, the 50-over version. Of course, we were painfully uh, second uh, four years ago in uh, London. I imagine you're over that almost by now. Um, Of course, uh, since then, uh, you've finished playing. Uh, but a lot of people uh, come into the show and say, what are we going to do without Kane? What, what do we do without Kane Williamson? Now, it looks, for all intents and purposes, as if Kane probably won't be fit to play. Let's, let's, uh, let's just say that for, for the reasons of this interview. What do we do at three? <laughs> um, I mean, it's going to be an amazing effort for Kane to, to get even close to that. So for me, I think there's only three options. I think you, you either have Will Young, who's had some success there, uh, um, against Sri Lanka and, and a couple of hundreds against Holland, uh, moving De- uh, Devin Conway down uh, to three, give him a little bit of protection, knowing that the ball does swing early on uh, in, in India, and as it's seen in IPL currently, or what's happened in um, in Pakistan recently, where Daryl Mitchell got two hundreds, uh, batting at three. I think those are the only three um, viable options. Some massive shoes to fill, but whoever does bat three, you know, he's got to get the majority of the runs throughout the whole tournament uh, and bat majority of the balls as well. Right, you batted four for so often. Um, if that's the case, what do we do at four? How adventurous do we do we get at four? And what is the role of four? I think the yeah, I mean. Tom Latham batted at four. I think, you know, if he's going to captain the side, I, th- I think he's had most of his success at five. I think keeping the wicket in these hot conditions, captaining the team, um, you know, I think for me he's a he's a five. Um, I think the I think the ideal team for me would be, and this is a team I don't think they're going to go with, but. You could go theoretically with the way it's looking at the moment. They're going to have a top four that doesn't has never played one game at a one-day World Cup. So for me, Martin Guptill should be there at opening the batting um, with either Devin Conway or um, Will Young. Uh, so I'd say say it's say it's Conway Guptill, Will Young at three, 
uh, Daryl Mitchell at four. I think um, I don't think that's the way the selectors and Steady are going to go. But I think to go into a World Cup tournament with no one in the top four have ever played a match um, is a risk, but um, a risk that uh, you know. Looking from the outside in, it's probably probably the way they're going to go. Okay, let's uh, also look then at um, you, know, you mentioned uh, Martin Guptill, of course, uh, in that role, the captaincy side of it. Um, you've um, you've experienced time with uh, Tim Southey and Tom Latham, who appear to be, if Kane's not going to be there, uh, the likely successors in this regard. Would you have a preference either way there? I think, yeah, first and foremost, the captain's got to start. Um, I think if Trent Bolt's not available, then Tim Southey starts to come into the equation. But, you know, David White's come out and said it. Um, Tim uh, Bolte's come out and said it. So, as we've seen, whatever David said normally comes to fruition. So, Trent Bolt's going to be there. So, if Trent Bolt's going to be there, then Tim Tim Southey is going to find it hard to make it into there. I think they're going to open the bowling with Matt Henry um, and Trent Bolt. So then, for me, it's Tom Latham is, is going to be going to be the captain. Um, you, he's you know cemented the spot there at five, and I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Right. Okay. Um, you mentioned the top four before, but you you, you left out a name which um, is easy left out because uh, he's just not playing any cricket. Finn Allen, and uh, this is a bloke that they've they've uh, put a lot on. But he's not playing cricket, and he's part of an IPL group of New Zealand players that are getting very little cricket. Uh, is that a concern for you? Yeah, I think... Um, no, I think they've played a lot of cricket. Um, I'm sure he would like to be playing more cricket, but when you've got Coley and Faf Duplessis as your openers, you're probably not going to play many games for um, Royal Challenges. Um, no, I, don't, I mean, I... You know, I didn't mention his name, Finn Allen. I think if there's been a criticism of this team, um, it's their age. Uh, I think he comes into it because there's not a lot of, you know, a lot of the guys we're picking are 29, 30. So mm. if you're looking towards the future, Finn Allen, I think, has to be there or thereabouts. But for me, he's in the squad. He's um, he's not in the starting lineup at the moment. Right. Um, Spin, how, um, having experienced India a lot in your particular travels, how um, important do you think uh, spin will be to New Zealand's chances? I think, it's, you know, uh, Michael Bracewell, Mitchell Satner, Ish Sodi, um, whatever balance, if not all three of them, to come in, uh, are going to play a big part, I think. The only thing with spinners, you know, these subcontinent teams play spin well, so the spinners, you don't just play spin just for the sake of it, they've still got to earn their right to come into it. Um, but where I think this New Zealand team probably has a... a a leg up and, and a chance to make those semi-finals is that um, you know Pakistan, Sri Lanka um, probably don't have the experience that uh, you know they had. You had a Misbar and Shahid Afridi, Afridi, um, Sangakara, uh, Mahela Jay Wardner. They're missing from the Sri Lanka and Pakistan teams. Where you know more often than not, when there's a tournament in the subcontinent, you lock them in for a semi-final berth. Where I think if you look. If you look at both of those teams, I think you've got to give it to them because that's the, t the conditions they play in a lot. But uh, I wouldn't give it them, uh, you know, a, a given to make it into the semi-final. Right, let's, uh, can we look at uh, the Ashes coming up, uh, Ross, which uh, we're very proud to say that uh, here at SENZ we will have ball-by-ball -ball commentary of um, right throughout the whole Test Series and the World Test Championship, just uh, by the way. You'll be on Johnny on the spot over there, but we'll be listening to it and uh, working on it from home. 
Uh, the Ashes. Uh, Nathan Lyon, the goat, they call him in Australia, um, has come out and said they're going to clean him. Clean him out. Um, whitewash, so to speak. Um, not quite sure I see it that way. Um, looking at the side that England have announced in the last day or so, with uh, very batting heavy with Besto coming back on and keeping instead of being folks, what do you think of Bazball as such against that Australian attack? Well, I mean, that's the thing. We all know that this Australian side is all very confident, not only this team, but teams in years gone past. Every time we go to Australia... Um, or the English team, you know, a, a former great and, you know, a McGrath or, or, you know, Warren or that will come out and say, oh, it's going to be four or five nil. It's just, it's just in their psyche and the, and the way they go about. But I thought it was very interesting to hear the way, um, you know, Stokes has said they wanted flat, hard pitches. So if there's anything to go by by last year, I think what they haven't talked about is a Duke Ball. Quite often when we go over there and, and Duke Ball and years gone past, Broad, Anderson, the way they go about it, where last year was the first year they made the Duke Balls in Pakistan and it actually didn't do a lot. Mm. Um, so it'd be interesting. Uh, I haven't heard whether they're still going to be made in Pakistan or whether they're going to use the English Duke because um, that does swing around. And that was a surprising thing for me last year was um, you could still get nicked off with a 70 overall ball with the Duke where they were just absolutely pummeling them and getting 500 where the traditional Duke you couldn't be able to do that so I think this England team will yeah I don't think it's, it's definitely not going to be a whitewash um, I, I think it's going to be a great series um, Stokes and, and the way Bears go about it they, they want results um, this you know, I think there's still a few holes in this Australian team and, and six test matches as well, this Australian team, the World Test Championship and five more. For me, it's that World Test Championship, how, do they, the importance they put on that, um, knowing that, you know, I'm sure he'll try and play, but Pat Cummings playing all six test matches as a fast bowler, that's going to be a, uh, an all in, you know, two months. That's, yeah. that's going to be a hell of an effort, but... Uh, I, I think it's still too early to call um, for me. I think it's going to be a great series, but um, maybe... I, I think for me, England's chances, I think they're score, going to score a lot of runs. It's just how Anderson and Broad um, and Ollie, Ollie Robson go, I think, you know, how they go and, and Leach um, will go to a long way to seeing how England go because um, by all accounts it doesn't look like Stokes is going to be doing much bowling. No, um, that, that, uh, that is obvious, but they, they have gone batter heavy, so if they want to go full tilt at Australia, they've probably got another bit of batting insurance there. Uh, you know, you look at a Brook at six or a Bearstow at six or seven and you're thinking, wow, if they start well, uh, look out Australia. Um, golf, your golf, how's it going? My golf? Um, I, yeah, I think the more I play, the worse I get. Uh, I think I overthink it too much. Um, I, yeah, this is my home, my home course. I played it on, on, on Tuesday and Rocks and Diamonds, uh, military golf, left, right, left, left right. Left that's, right yeah. um, that's probably the best way to describe uh, describe me. I think I'm very lucky that this is an Ambrose format that we're playing today, and um, I'll do some really good shots, but uh, uh, there'll definitely be some really bad ones that hopefully we won't need. 
There is a, um, a video going around of you in a very high-profile pro- high situation on a first tee involving playing uh, um, with Ryan Fox in an invitational event when you hit your tee shot between your legs, which is almost <laughs> impossible to do. Um, um, and I'm not sure if it's a shot you practised, uh, whether that was your right-hand dominant cricket coming in, forcing the golf ball off the elevated tee in between your legs. Can you talk us through that one? The mind is a powerful thing. And coming in, and I knew there was going to be three or 400 people watching. Um, and I visualise all week stuffing that shot. But I visualise hitting that like 100 metres, 150 metres. I didn't visualise hitting that 2.5 metres. Um, and it was left under the... If you go on to... Instagram, you'll see the video. Mm. Uh, Ryan Fox and Mitchell Satner, my teammate at the time, uh, were absolutely uh, losing it. But I think I was very lucky that John Key got a hole in one uh, two holes later, because if he didn't get a hole in one, I think that could have gone viral. <laughs> so John Key getting a hole in one with a seven wood and not even knowing it had gone in, uh, I think saved my blushes. Ross Taylor, uh, congratulations on what you've um, been able to put together today. People are arriving, uh, the marquees are going up, um, all the special holes are going in, the signage is uh, taking shape as well. Congratulations on what you and um, Butcher have been able to put together and let's hope it raises plenty for a worthy cause. Thanks for stopping by, I'll let you get back to work. No, thanks, buddy. thanks for having me.